0: Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane, and I'm joined today by Andy Newport of PA and Scott McDermott. Welcome, boys. How are we? Hello. Well, we've not had any warm up for this, so we I have no idea what the guys have got to say today. Scott is bizarrely in Denmark. Scott, why on earth would you want to go to a place where it's fourteen pounds a pint?
1: <laughs> on the Daily Record and Sunday Mail's news, super spy Johnny. So I'm, I'm, here to, uh, I'm here to see FC Copenhagen playing tomorrow night uh, ahead of the Europa tie with Celtic. And then it's uh, straight on to Portugal to see Braga play Benfica in Lisbon on Saturday night. So I'll be able to fill you in with my scouting report after the weekend.
0: It's a hard life, Andy, isn't it, being a sports reporter? Yes. I mean, Portugal, Berwick Denmark... Denmark.
2: See, I can't talk. I've got, I've got a trip to Rome for the rugby the next week then on to Braga myself for the, 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 <laughs> the game. So I, I'm, I'm trotting myself, so... I've got a trip to Rutherglen later. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
0: <laughs> right, guys, listen. Let's get into the, the nuts and bolts of this. We don't have a lot of time, as you can imagine, with Scott being in foreign climes. Um, let's just jump in at the deep end. Rangers defeat Tuchel at Rugby Park. It's another disaster for the title. The Eyebrows Club are now 10 points... Behind, their are bitter rivals, albeit with a game in hand. Scott, what was your instant reaction to that match? You were there, you, you saw it firsthand. You spoke to Gerard after the game. What, what, everyone knows the result, so let's just talk a little bit about the aftermath. What was your take? Being in the same room as Stephen Gerard after that result, given its implications for the title race. I
1: think the, the instant reaction, Johnny, is that the title is now over. Uh, no, there is no title race. Um, I firmly believe that now, um, whether Steven Gerrard, um, he'll certainly not admit it publicly, but I I think within himself that he'll know. I mean, I think he did say afterwards uh, in one of the the post-match interviews, he kind of spoke about Celtics forum and how uh, it was now a huge, a huge gap. Um, And it just seems incredible, inexplicable almost, that it's only a matter of weeks ago we were talking about Rangers... No, winning their game in hand going top of the league being in the driving seat in this title race and now it seems like a million miles away because uh, I don't know if Andy agrees but certainly every Rangers fan uh, that I've spoken to since since last night and today um, they've almost accepted that the, the title race is now gone for another year
2: Yeah I think it's, it's looking a bit like that Scott I mean even if um even with the points gap if, if they were playing well you would think it would be beyond them to, to sort of rein in 10 points um, or 7 if you, you take the game in hand but the fact is they're not playing well and it, you yeah. don't trust this Rangers team the way that they're playing currently which is so surprising given the way that they ended uh, the last year before the the winter break but the way that they're playing currently you wouldn't put past them to drop further points and and, f- and fall even further behind I've just um, yeah. I've just been up speaking to Neil Lennon uh, earlier on this afternoon and, and he's just already making the point that Celtic there's absolutely no chance of complacency in the, uh, as far as he's concerned uh, from his players and if anything they want to go in and sort of stretch their lead from, from here so um, I, I, it's very it's very difficult to see uh, Celtic being able to come back sorry Rangers be able to come back uh, into and, and this
1: the point is that you could see, no. This Rangers team have proved that on any given day, in a one-off game against Celtic, they can they can not just match them but beat them. No, and and you could see Rangers winning both Old Firm games between now and the end of the season. That's not out with the realms of possibility. The problem is that with this Rangers team's fragile mentality and inconsistency, that you can't trust them to go to... County in one you can't trust them at home to Livingston in one, whereas Celtic are just blown every team, uh, blown every team away every other team in the league. And listen, we've been speaking for certainly me and you, Johnny, on this podcast. I've been speaking for the last two years about you no know, the Old Firm games taking care of themselves. That the job of the Rangers manager, the sole job, was to beat every other team in the league consistently. And sadly uh, for Rangers fans. No, the last couple of years, albeit they've had you know they periods where they thought that they were getting that consistency, and and obviously the league table shows that they're, they're far away, they're ahead of everybody else in the league. But you just can't, no, you know, they can't go to Rugby Park and win comfortably. You can't seem to go to Tynecastle or to and win comfortably. And that's been the Achilles heel uh, in the two seasons that Stephen Gerrard's been in charge. And that's why it looks as if they'll no win the title again this year.
0: Andy, Scott used the word their mentality. I've heard it bandied around a lot on social media. <clears throat> um, I've heard colleagues use it. Is it not a bit of a crux in some ways? OK, because Rangers showed incredible mentality to go when the pressure was on into the lion's den at Celtic Park and win a game where no one expected them to win it was the toughest opponent you could have and the toughest ground that you can visit in in Scottish football and they they had to win that game if they lost it they'd have been in deep trouble my problem with this mentality issue is why is that more mentally difficult uh, why is a visit to say rugby park more mentally difficult than going to Parkhead surely if it was a mentality issue they would have already fallen in the previous hurdles mm-hmm. what, what's your take on that?
2: Uh, the point about that and it's the sort of thing you hear any time you ask a manager when you go before a, a big derby match or a big European match they say if these are the type of games you can't get yourself up for they shouldn't be doing it it's easy to get yourself up for an old firm game of course it is it's a derby match there's so much at stake it seems to be especially for this Rangers team harder to get themselves into the kind of mental space they need to be to take to go and you know, generate an atmosphere for yourself, you know, get yourself started quickly. I mean, last night's game, I was there as well, uh, as Scott was, you know, they've only got the one stand now, that's a, a decision i have made and it seems to be working for them because there was a bit of a subdued atmosphere at the start of the game. Uh, it took Rangers about half an hour really to get into their stride, they get the goal, but they don't build on it and that's, that, that takes mental strength to be able to work your way through the difficult moments in a game yeah it's it's not got the same intimidation factor as somewhere at Celtic Park but Rangers had the game within their grasp they had the points within their grasp and they let it sit and I mean I think as well yeah you're you're talking about mentality I think I think questions will start to be asked of Steven Gerrard now I mean I'm not saying he's had an easy ride since he came in but I think he's certainly got by I think on his reputation he's been given a bit of space yeah, because of the yeah, state yeah, the Rangers yeah, were in when yeah, he came yeah, in yeah, that and, and the fact that he Stephen Steven Gerrard I think last night, say about an hour gone the game was basically a basketball match it was end to end and it was crying out for someone for, for Gerrard to make a a positive change in terms of how can he grasp back control of the game and it was interesting he said in the press room after the game he was asked about the substitutions and he said that he was waiting for his players to get control back, and I just thought that was maybe a that was maybe a moment where he could have shown leadership as a manager, made a positive change that would have affected the game, and he didn't, and he paid the price.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought after an hour Andy last night the game was crying out for Stephen Davis to yeah, come on either absolutely. for Aribo or, or Hadji, probably mm-hmm. Hadji who was eh, who was anonymous in the second half, mm-hmm. and you could have easily moved Aribo up to the right hand side. And brought Davis into the middle and just tried to gain uh, gain that control. Um, so I agree with you on that. I mean, the other things I also agree with you on. Rangers starts to games. I spoke to Johnny about this last week. In terms of watching this Rangers team and no seeing a hunger and a desire and an intensity of of a team that was supposed to be hunting down a title. Stephen Gerrard said last night he was pretty pleased with how they played. In the first half. And I get what you're saying in terms of they, they, they passed it and moved it fairly well. You no, know, they did have control of the game. Side to but side. For half so. an hour before, they, all they did was play in front of Kilmarnock's yeah. two banks of four. There was no penetration. There was no bravery on the ball to try, and, to try and break a line. They didn't change it up in terms of if you can't get by two banks of four, you just get bodies into the box. They, they couldn't get it out to a, a wide man because and this is what I don't understand I mean, despite no, despite the rugby park, park pitch being tight and, and it's it's been brought in even further I think this season the two wide men Kent and Hadji all night just wanted to come inside yeah. and, and narrow the game even more that made it even more congested
2: it's, it's quite, I, I thought it would, there would be a change in that last night because it, it seems to be obviously when they have these two inverted sort of tens that Gerard likes to talk about it seems to me that he wants to make with doing the down the flanks, make the space down the flanks for your Taverniers and your Barisic. I thought, with yeah. with Barisic been out last night, Andy Hardy isn't the type that's really going to bomb on that much, so maybe no. give a licence for Kent to hang wide a wee bit more, and just sort of simplify his game and just quote the full-back. Again, he didn't do yeah. it, he just didn't do it, no. and I think that's the frustration, I mean, Rangers paid an awful lot of money for this guy, and I think he has played in and bursting in the moments, obviously goals, you know, Hamilton, Celtic, Tynecastle. But last night's a, an example where you really need someone like him, somebody that you've put a big investment in to stand up, and he's struggling to get himself in a, a place where he can make big impacts. I'm going
0: I'm to defence, can I just jump in with a wee bit of a defence on Kent here? I think it's slightly unfair, the criticism he's going to get because of his price tag. The true reality of football now is that £7 million is nothing. It's absolutely nothing in the, con- the context of, of uh, global football. Back in the day when Rangers could go and pick up a player like Basil Bolley for £3 million, that was a lot of money in the context of global football. It's still, glo-
2: it's still a football. huge figure for Rangers it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a
0: huge big figure for Rangers in Scottish football, but I think that the quality that £7 million gets you now is not a guy that can yeah. necessarily come in and have the kind of impact that we, we would have expected from £7 million 20 years ago.
1: But, but he's still, Johnny, but he's still not contributing enough in terms of...
0: Goals and assists. Listen, I, I, uh, I agree with that, but I think you've got to remember he is still a young guy. He's not actually got that much football under his belt. And unfortunately, this is the market Rangers are, are operating in. I, I think the bigger problem, and just, i would be interested to get your take on this, Scott. For me, Rangers' four best players are as follows. Ryan Jack, Borna Barisic, James Tavernier, and Alfredo Morelos. They're certainly the, the key driving forces. And all four of those guys have been out for whatever reason, whether it be... Yep injury or even form to some extent if you look at Morelos since he's come back he's not been the same player does this just show you how key it was that Rangers kept their top 14 or 15 players bang at it and they, they just don't maybe have that strength and depth where if one person goes out and isn't playing well you've got another guy to come in who's just as good and that is especially the case in the fullbacks Andy's already touched on it there is no one who you can replace Bonabarisic with. It's the same with James Tavernier. If these guys aren't playing, that entire formation falls apart in terms of its effectiveness. They're drilled to get the full backs in behind. If those guys aren't going to do that, the whole team falls off its axis.
1: But, Johnny, I, I, I get, listen, I get what you're saying, but I would flip that and say so if Celtic no changed their full backs, no, three, four, five times this season. If Greg Taylor or Bolling Goli is out you no know, Johnny Hayes comes in, people people think Johnny Hayes is maybe a lesser player than, than Taylor or ball and it doesn't seem to matter to them. Uh, same on the other side, whether it's uh, El Hamid or, uh, sorry, or uh, Bauer or whoever comes in, Frimpong. <laughs> Listen, you don't want players to be off-forum, but and Rangers have had you know, three or four at least off for them since the winter break. But I don't think that excuses that lack of hunger and desire and intensity that we talk about that you expect from any team, you no, know, any group of players, whether it's a first choice eleven or guys coming in to replace them. There should be a real hunger mentality, whatever you want to call it, that you're chasing down one of the most important titles in the club's history in terms of what it could mean and I just don't see it I haven't seen it for this Rangers team since they came back for the winter break and that that's unfathomable I don't think Steve Gerrard can put his finger on it he looks as perplexed as as anybody else watching it so no to say that oh well listen I mean if that if that's your excuse for throwing away uh, potentially throwing away a title then no there's something there's something far wrong
0: well, listen guys one of the big talking points on social media just to move this on a little bit is Dubai now? We know Celtic went to Dubai, and there's not something fundamentally wrong or, or 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 suspicious that's happened in Dubai. But isn't there this question around what Gerard is doing in these mini preseason fitness camps? Because because of the way Rangers look so lethargic, I mean, Scott, that that question's been put to Stephen Gerrard, and he's batted it away. But yep. The, the, this has to this form has to be down to something and the evidence is that it's happened two years in a row
1: so but it can't, can't be down to fitness John I mean do you do you honestly believe with the backroom team and the sports science and the, the fitness coaches have got in at Rangers that you no, know, they've somehow jeopardised our title chances or they've you know, they've overloaded these players in, in December so that they suffer for it in, in January February I mean well, Listen, the, the, Rangers collapse has been has been pretty unfathomable as I said but I'm sorry, I just I refuse to believe that it's down to players being tired or um, no, the, 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 this kind of overload a fitness that's, um, that's cost them the second part of the season I, just,
0: uh, oh, I, fair I enough. just can't see it Andy, I'll let you come in but just so I can clarify I'm not saying the players are not fit what I'm saying is the way that they've been loaded is perhaps so they come into their stride March, April, May, when they think that that's going to be when the title's decided. And that they're maybe not 100% at it because the way that sports scientists work is that they try to spread the load and change the load so you hit peaks and troughs. I mean, the most famous example of this, without getting into the technicalities of it, was Sir Alex Ferguson, always had Manchester United start fairly slowly and hit their peak fitness in January because that's what he said was squeaky
2: bum time in terms of the title Andy, come on. I just think the the reasons behind this sort of that's a sort of collapse I mean I don't think you can call it mm. anything else there's just there's, it's multifaceted I mean there's I think if you look at the obviously the, going back to what was it the Sunrar game it was a bit of a mixed match team so okay guys that have not played much going to so take them a wee able to find their sharpness then that bled into the St Murm game then they go to Hearts and and that that looks like the worst
0: result of them all now doesn't yeah. it I mean all yeah, the way he's yeah. got them playing with that high line it just looks so exploitable but and I'm, the fact I'm, that I'm, he had
2: Jermaine Defoe up there and to lose yeah, points well I mean that's what I was going to come to is that you know the fact this takes you back to Morel's getting sent, sending off has discipline issues that we all spoke about we thought he'd improved obviously I think that his sending off maybe stems from his mindset when it comes to facing Celtic. I mean, he didn't take that shot on because as he worried about you know missing another opening against Celtic. He gets himself sent off. That then gets some suspension that rules about the game against Hearts. Um, the pitch that day, the conditions that go against Rangers, they don't match up Hearts in the in the fight, in the battle. They lose the the, the result there. And it just goes on and that, that crisis of confidence seeps in. You've got things like the pitch at Ibrooks. So the home games there that they've struggled to really you know, you've you've got a team that Jerry's trying to implement that's full of technical players, you know, the sort of forward thinking players are all guys who want a nice smooth surface to play on. They've not got the Ibrox at the minute. That again contributes to this, you know, lessening of confidence and then you go to a place like uh, Rugby Park. Somewhere they've struggled. That's one win in seven now in the league at Rugby Park, and I think all these sort of things bleed into why confidence is, is sort of eaped away. I don't think it's as simple as saying they work too hard in, in Dubai and their legs are tired. I, th- I think there's there's more to it than that, and that'll be the frustration for Stephen Jared is that he's not being able to get a grip on it and stop this. But you know it's. Sorry,
1: what you going? I was going to say, I, I just think part of it. You no, know, you talk about mentality, Johnny. I think part of it has to be down to, um, you no, know, the lack of winners in that dressing room. By winners, I, I mean people who have actually won trophies. Um, you no, know, you think Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis are probably the only two guys in the the Rangers dressing room that have actually won, you no, know, won things in their career. Um, obviously you compare that to Celtic and that's where it's difficult for Rangers We you're playing catch up. Well this group of Celtic players, um, no, have won relentlessly for no, for so many years now. Your Forrest, McGregor's, Browns, people like that, just so used to winning. Um, I mean you, saw, you, you, you me
2: sh- it? I was gonna say, Scott, you saw last night you were in the press room as well when when James Tavenier came in to speak to speak to us after the game and I don't know how many times I've sat through that James Tavernier press conference where he's forced to try to explain where why, so down, Um yeah. try to explain why the wheels have come off. I mean, he looked on the verge of tears in the Rangers TV interview. I just think, yeah, I can't. I, those things must be 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 damaging to your psyche over the years. And I just wonder yeah. if that is, you know, is is that when you constantly have these these disappointments these letdowns I mean what, what impact does that have on you as a player um,
0: but that, that would yeah. only be Tavernier in this setup, really he's the only one that's been through all the ups and downs of the Warburton he's your captain
2: and- he's supposed to be setting a tone um, I, th- I think we saw what Rangers were like without him though yeah I mean obviously he's play- you know but I think you can differentiate between what somebody brings you and their footballing abilities, and then what they can bring you in terms of their, their leadership skills. I mean, I think you can differentiate the two of them. And I'm not saying that he's a bad captain. Obviously, he has way of leading is is through, you know, by example. But he's also in an area of the pitch where, you know, when things are going wrong, he's not there to put his foot in the ball. I mean, he's he's playing out in the, on the on the side. I mean, there was there was times during that second half where Rangers shape all, you know, this is at 1-0 when they're 1-0 up and their shape was all over the shop You know, like, it really yeah. needs somebody to grab the game by the scruff of the net and go right we're happy with what we've got we've got the points in the bag as it stands let's get tuck in tight get a grip of the game get a grip of the midfield and just see it out and it didn't happen there was nobody in the team that was able to see, find a way to to Kill the game off and get get over the line with the points.
1: Andy, agree but, but, so Johnny. Even even the big even the big players that Stephen Gerrard talks about, Connor Goldson, Ryan Jack, you no know, Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos, you no know, the so called leaders. He actually called Ryan Jack you no know, one of his winners in the dressing room at a press conference last week. None of these guys won anything in their careers before the Cape K- rangers They don't know that feeling of getting over the line with a title win or a cup win. Listen, that's difficult to get. That's not necessarily these guys' faults. But that's when I think it comes down to mentality to get over that barrier. In games like last night that are tough, when it's two banks of four, there's no space in between. Somebody has to step up to the plate, grab the game by the scruff of the neck, take responsibility and go and win the game, go and make something happen and that's when I think Kent and Morelos for instance last night were so that's why they were so uh, disappointing, I mean you you talk about mentality going to Celtic Park and I agree, listen it's difficult to go to Celtic Park in any old Firm game and win and that was still a huge result for Gerard and a fantastic performance but no, you said it yourself, Johnny. They weren't, weren't expected to win that game. No, they, they went into that as underdogs with no, no real pressure to go and get three points. Um, it was a game where, no, unlike pretty much every other one in the Premiership, the opposition go toe-to-toe with them and attack them. It's an open game. Rangers can go and play their stuff, play the counter-attack, um, and they go and win the game. Last night, and at Tynecastle Castle before even Aberdeen at home when you're up against that deep line defence we've spoken about it a million times it needs somebody to take responsibility either show a bit of quality, a bit of bravery come up with something to go and win the game for Rangers and I don't think they've they've had enough of that um, certainly since the break
0: I want to take you back to a point Andy made where he talked about the technical players and the style of football Gerrards trying to implement on that pitch is there a sense that perhaps he's moved too far away from the physicality and strength required to, to achieve success in Scotland? If you think back to the, the Waltersmith sides of his second spell, Lee McCulloch in the wide positions, you had Kevin Thompson and um, Barry Ferguson <coughs> in midfield who would stick the foot in, who, who could battle with you and also, and also could play a bit. You had a physical presence up top. Now, of course, Rangers have all these, have that physical presence up top now. But they were able to build those teams. If you've got Ryan Kent and Yanis Hadji, lovely mercurial talents in terms of the way that they they can manipulate the ball and, and such. But are you going to be able to build those teams in a fight at Rugby Park or in a fight at Tynecastle? Is that perhaps where Gerard is going wrong? They have moved away from what we know works in Scottish football and towards perhaps. A more what a more European style that perhaps is isn't yeah. working.
1: Well, I think there's a bit of that, but if you have players, you no, know, like McCulloch and, and people that you mentioned, you no, know, you need to change the way you play. You need to play a certain style. And as we know, uh, Stephen Gerrard and his tenure at Rangers has very rarely changed the way they play. And I know that's a great for a lot of fans. Just looking at social media last night when I got in no this uh, no this rigid um 3 3 4 whatever you, what you call it it's, this,
0: it's all the it same like it's absolutely the same yeah
1: yeah he's, you know, tinkered but, it, he's tinkered with he's tinkered with it slightly yeah. um, but it's still the same formation yeah. we, we spoke earlier on Andy was right I think changes could have been made earlier last night Um, as I say I would have Davis on I would have even put Camberry on after an hour uh, in place of Morelos who well, was performing poorly anyway, and was in danger of getting getting sent off after the the yellow card for the diving. So I mean, I think changes could have been made earlier, and there are other games where you've said that uh, about the manager that he's maybe been a bit a bit hesitant, a bit reluctant to make subs early on. But I don't think he's ever going to get away for that that style. He's decided early in his managerial career that's the way he's going to go. I think he got a fright one day when he went three to back at fourth part and it went mm. horribly wrong and he's never he's never went back to it. So it's all very well saying, right, you need to get you need to get more physical, you need to get bigger guys into the team. But unless you're gonna unless you're gonna actually change the way of playing, um it doesn't really matter. I mean I, I thought in the first half an hour last night, just touching on what we said earlier sitting watching that game, I'm sure Andy will be the same. I mean, Kilmarnock was so negative and so deep for that first 45 minutes. It was, it was incredible. And why Rangers were trying to play intricate passing in the final third and trying to play in spaces that weren't there um, baffled me. And it might sound old-fashioned, but it was crying out for just getting bodies in the box and getting it in there and no, playing off scraps, playing off second balls, in that way you would you would have got half chances or, or, or maybe even better opportunities to score, because the way they were doing it for half an hour, albeit Arfield comes up with a twenty-five yarder, uh, which was brilliant and gets them, no, gets them the lead that they wanted. If he hadn't, it'd have been 0-0 A full forty-five minutes with a pack of strangers by without them influencing the game. Um, and he certainly, it was certainly crying out for the game to be mixed up mm. last night. I,
2: I actually a team said, and it never came. I Actually, said Scott to your your colleague uh, Craig Swan, um, who was sitting next to me last night at the game. I've never seen, especially the sort of opening half. Now I, I can't remember last time I saw uh, Morelos so isolated. I mean, usually, yeah. usually the whole point of having Morelos there is you can just bang the ball up to him. You, he gets his, his big backside into the centre half and rolls him. Or, yep. or it holds the ball I didn't see Rangers try that at all last night especially no. in the, the first half of the year. I, well, and I thought that was something that was a that's the whole point of having more else in your team that physicality and they just they just did not use that as a, as a weapon and I think it comes back down to the, it's a slow start they they pass it across the back pass it into the midfield but it's all very laborious they take their time with two, three, four, five touches then they pass it it needs to be slicker than that, especially against a team that is, you know, so well drilled. You know, yeah, okay, it's Alex Dyer that's, that's now in charge at, uh, at Kelly, but they're just using that Steve Clark game plan. They know how to play against teams that are that are laborious in, in their build up, and it had yeah. to, it had to be with a lot more intent, a lot more purpose from the off. I think that's what Rangers' problem has been ever since they've come back. They've not set about teams. With enough menace from the kickoff that they need yeah, to, to put totally, these teams under pressure.
1: I totally agree. I d I don't understand a team chasing down a title that doesn't start doesn't start a game quickly. Um and Rangers since the break, Rangers have actually done the opposite. Um, started a game slow and tried to play their way into it. Um and all the, all like that, that does silent.
2: all that does, when they don't get the early breakthrough, it plays into the nerves of the crowd and then that responds on yep. the pitch and it just yep. increases the stress levels that are already there because of the lack of confidence.
1: Well, listen,
2: it was a carry on, Scott. I
1: was just going to say that the other thing about you no, know, when you're playing against that deep line defence, like Komarnyks, I think you have to get people in the byline and get uh, no, just get crosses in, but get cutbacks. And you no, know, Rangers did put crosses in from deep last night, but that's difficult, as I say, when Kelly's defence are packed inside that 18-yard box. Problem for Rangers last night was the two wide players, Hadji wants to play centrally naturally, and I think that's where he should play. I don't think he's no, I know it was only one game last night, but, but starting wide right didn't really suit him. So every time he wanted to every time he wanted to receive the ball, he was coming in field and trying to receive it off Morelos, but it was just congesting that area. Kent actually I thought his starting position was wide and was on the line which I thought would help Rangers but every time he got the ball he just drove inside with yeah. it when it was crying out for him to get at get the full back I think the difficulty
2: was that they were doubling up on him you see him how many times he would try a couple of step or drive inside but there just wasn't that space down the flank because they had a second man over there and that yeah. forced him inside I suppose that's when you're looking for going back to his transfer fee that goes back you're looking for your £7 million wire to, to either come up with something or show that wee bit of bravery to get himself down the line and get a ball yep. across but again you know he's maybe one who's suffering from a wee, lack of, a wee bit of lack of confidence
0: Last topic before we go the defence we cannot allow this to go past without going into the detail of these two goals that Kalmanic scored um, obviously the first one is it shouldn't be allowed it should be chalked off it's bad refereeing there was a number of Utterly baffling decisions by uh, the referee last night. Not least, um, I think uh, Mackenzie's pullback. Um, I think it was on Ryan Kent. I might be wrong, um, but he, he wrapped both arms around him, sort of pulled him back, and wasn't booked. Which was it, it was incredible watching it back that he wasn't he wasn't carded for that. Um, but the second goal is to call it schoolboy would be would be going far too easy on it I mean it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous it's not the first time Rangers have let a ridiculous goal uh, from this sort of situation with a long ball over the top uh, Scott how, how do you account for this I mean gerard has been switching his centre-halves around we had yeah. uh, Edmondson come in as punishment for Katic um, given the, the chance away at Aberdeen and his general performance yeah. at Aberdeen Edmondson played well in the first game then you know badly against Hamilton and was switched out and I think Katic last night, um, I mean, Kalmarnik didn't really threaten. I can't really think of any other chances apart from the two goals. No. But, but for the goal itself, I mean, he does that thing that Katic does where he goes and tries to win a ball that he's never going to win. He pulls himself right out of position, which leaves Conor Goldson exposed. Goldson reads it well, I thought, and drops back in cleverly, if you're watching it from the angle that I sent to you uh, last night's yeah. goal but what he doesn't then do is read the flight of the ball and the ball goes past him on his uh, right-hand side when he's expecting it on his left and that allows Brophy, who's much quicker, to nip in behind him. So so it was errors from both players, but but it's that element of Katic's play that he just doesn't seem to be learning from, which is you can't win every header. You cannot do it.
1: Listen, listen, he's still young, so he is going to make mistakes. Um, I actually thought Katic was playing well last night. Uh, up until that last period in the game, I thought Aerially he, uh, he was pretty dominant against uh, Nakamba up front for Kelly. Um, I thought he was doing okay. You're right though. The goal. I mean, it's the most basic, the most basic of defensive errors for the for the second goal. Um, you're right. Katic is late. Get up for the ball. He's never going to win it. Goldson gets his body shape. All wrong, and then gets beat with the the pace of Brophy, um, and it just summed up Rangers' end to the game. Uh, In terms of the actual partnership, no, you're right, Gerard's got a problem because when you start chopping and changing it, um, no, he's got four centre backs there, so he's got that luxury of changing it, but when you chop and change it, and each one of them comes in and makes Know, costly errors that, that lead to lead to goals. Then you've got a major uh, you've got a major worry. Um, I actually thought katich would come back in last night because of the the kind of aerial threat that command would uh, would pose. Um, as I said, I thought he did okay, and then let himself down for the goal. Um, it's a difficult and it's difficult. You know you've watched Edmondson and Catech for the last few weeks, both young players. Um, both making errors, and really, that's where I suppose you're wanting Golden is the experienced head, the guy who plays every week, the guy Gerard relies on, is the most vocal guy in the back four. Uh, that's where you really need him to come to the fore. But you no, know, as much as in general, you no, know, he's done he's he's done pretty well this season. He's now looking a bit vulnerable as well, and that's you no, know, that's going to be a major problem for for Gerard going forward if that continues.
2: I think you're right, Johnny. But you were talking about earlier with um, Katic's habit of just chasing the ball, going after you know high balls, high headers, aerial challenges that he hasn't really got a, a right to win. Gerard spoke about that a few weeks ago, and said that that's the, the thing that he's got to learn. That he loves, he loves. The, he loves what, I mean, as a as a as a project player, katic has got everything. He's he's tall, he's pacey, decent enough on the ball for a centre back. And he's got that raw determination to go and win tackles and, and win challenges but what he doesn't have yet is experience that comes with playing 200 300 games and knowing how to read the game and in some ways that is probably the most crucial thing for a centre-half you look at every top centre-back um their ability to read the game is, is, their, is their strongest characteristic and that's what Katic at this moment in time is letting them down I generally I was speaking to somebody about this the other day and I thought he's the type of guy that will give you 8 or 9 solid games really good impressive games I think back to like Legia Warsaw Warsaw um, in, in the qualifier at Ibrox where he was immense that night it's his n- sort of never say die attitude that really helped Rangers get across the line as, as Legia like sort of Warsaw pile on the pressure later on but it's his lack of reading of the game that's la- that, that makes him vulnerable at the moment to being dropped and um, and his decision to go up for that ball it wasn't the first one he did he didn't want it earlier on in the game as well he, he went up for a header he had no right to win and get beaten in there and this is a guy who's you know, probably one of the tallest players on the pitch but because he's, he's he's starting to jump with his opponent from five yards behind him desperately trying to get there rather than just saying if he flex it on the ball's going nowhere and I'm in position to sweep up but he's, he obviously loves that man-to-man part of it he wants to go and get tight and, and challenge and what he needs to do is don't like to use this phrase, but he needs to wise up a wee bit. Well, but and, clever, yeah. He, he needs to realise when when to go and challenge and when to compete and when not to. Um, I actually think, yeah, I think Goldson gets done for pace on the low, I think as a harsh one because Eamon, Bro- Eamon Brophy's yeah, a quick player. Yeah, I mean, he's, so. he's left he's left sort of exposed a wee bit. But I actually think since the, the turn of the year, Ka- uh, Goldson actually had pretty, pretty yeah. reasonable displays I mean I thought at Time Castle he was unlucky with a slip for the goal because otherwise he'd been really good against Hibs at Ibrooks. again he was a sort of calming influence especially when obviously the team went one one down yeah he probably wasn't last night probably wasn't his finest hour um, with either goal but uh, this is the dilemma that Gerald has got I don't think at any stage this season he's really Look comfortable with with either any of the centre half pairings. I mean, he, he's tried them all. Halander and Goldson seem to be the one that was looking most lately. Yeah. But then again, Halander isn't exactly blessed with masses of pace, and so when you are having to press up against teams and you're leaving lots of space on behind, I'm not sure that he's the type of guy that is is going to be well suited in those circumstances. So it's another, it's, it's perhaps another one that he has to look at in the summer again. This the centre half pair
0: okay guys what I want from you now is each of you to tell me what you think Steven Gerrard can do ahead of this game in Livingston to improve things my take would be to go back to basics to go back to the midfield that has served them well if all fit so trying to get in Glenn Kamara Steven Davis Ryan Jack go with Arfield up top alongside Morelos and Ryan Kent a drop Hadji and just go back to what we know is, has
2: been the, the tried and tested what would you do? Um I mean, yeah, probably similar to yourself or, or even do something you know totally out of the blue and, and maybe change up formation-wise as you say as Scott was saying earlier on he's stuck rigidly at this sort of 4-3-3 shape you know he's got the players there to perhaps play a three at the back and you know as we say the, the, all the width comes from the full-backs in any case why not change it up and you know get an extra you know try if uh, see if Kimberley and, and Mireles can strike up a partnership and, and go with two up top maybe, maybe that's something to, to perhaps explore Scott?
1: Listen, it's, t- it's tempting to say, no, change formation, no, do what Celtic did, no, go go radical, go three the back, two up front. But it just won't happen. Um, I think Gerard will tinker with it again. Well, he might bring Stephen Davis in. Personally, a game at home to Livingston, I don't really think you need Stephen Davis. I think uh, Jack in Arfield in midfield, with Hadji in front of them, I just think Hadji's got to play centrally to go and influence the game. Uh so I would play him as the guy behind Morelos. And I would probably bring Greg Stewart in on the right hand side. Um I would I would leave Aribo out, uh go with Stewart and Kent as the two guys uh, supporting Morelos. So it's just listen, it's no major changes, but it's We're it, looking for that wee spark. You no, know, Hadji from central, Stewart for the right might just provide that. No, they listen, they just need three points. Of course they need they want to kinda of bounce back with a really good performance, but Livy will be stuffy, difficult to beat. I know their away record isn't great, certainly not compared to their home form, which is which is unbelievable. But no, they'll be stuffy and rigid, uh, difficult to break down again. I think Gerard will tinker with it again and just hope, as I say, somebody comes up with something that, that, that gives the punters a wee bit of hope again. Stuart
2: certainly deserves a run of the team. I mean that's I mean, he's shown fits and spurts that uh, and, and the odd moment that when he gets off the bench that he can make an impact, but he's usually had one, maybe maximum two starts, and he's back out of the team. Be interesting yep. to see if you give him a run of four or five games and see see what he can really yep. contribute.
1: See, Andy, when you consider the amount of chances, no, without being unkind, no, Joe Aribo's mm-hmm. did a lot of chances in that Rangers team. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I would throw Kamara into that as well. Hello, Joe. A lot of chances to go and impress and do something. No, Gerald stuck with him uh, and no, you're right Greg Stewart maybe hasn't had that opportunity um, he, and he I agree I, think, I think it's time for him to start a game and maybe get
2: a be run he doesn't have the explosive pace that some of the other guys do like and Ojo does perhaps Yeah, but then the way that Rangers are you know when they're camping outside an they're opposition box an you game don't game really need guys, explosive anyway. pace what you need is intelligence and ability exactly. and that's what Greg Stewart's got and you know, like it's maybe something that could become quite useful in the, sort of the run-in, if you want to call it that now.
0: Okay, guys, well, we're going to
2: call it a day there. Um, we're on an uh,
0: iPhone here that's got about 3% battery, so if we don't go, Scott's going to get cut off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can obviously continue the debate on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Andy is? Andy Newport, PA. And Scott is at Scott McDermott 8. Um, if you like the podcast, and we know many of you do, please go on to iTunes and give us a five star review as this helps get the pod to as many listeners as possible. You can keep up with all the Rangers news at www.dailyrecord.co.uk. Until next time, thanks for listening.